This is Bob Coughlin, and you're listening to Reclamation Worship. I'm Jason Allen, host of Reclamation Worship, the podcast devoted to reclaiming a biblical view of worship for the church. Welcome. I am so glad that you're here. Today, you're going to get to hear from Bob Coughlin. Bob serves as Director of Sovereign Grace Music. He's also one of the pastors at Sovereign Grace Church in Louisville, Kentucky. In this installment, Bob and I got to talk about gospel-centered music. We talked about me-centric music and its place in the church, and we even talked about songs of lament and what appears to be a shortage of those in the church. Sovereign Grace's latest project, Prayers of the Saints Live is a fantastic album of praise. And so if you've not checked that out, I would strongly encourage you do that. So why don't we get on over to the interview? I was just uh, thinking that um, the first time I heard about you was back in 2010. A good friend of mine, Jeff Hudson, invited me together for the gospel. And I got to his house to pick him up to head up to... Louisville, and he said, Bob Coughlin's leading music, and, and I said, who's Bob Coughlin, and, uh, and so response. he told me, yeah, <laughs> no, but he told me about your heart, and, uh, and so we get up there, and I get in this conference room, and there you are with a piano, and there's no uh, band in which, you know, I'm used to, I hear music, and I just immediately think full band, and yeah. so I see you sitting at a piano, and um, I just was completely blown away by um, how much of everyone in that room was moved. And, mm-hmm. and so it's just been amazing over the years to see that, that room grow and yeah. uh, the number of men and women grow and, and the voices together. And so um, you have helped me to understand and appreciate the importance of corporate singing uh, mm-hmm. and uh, worshiping together through song. And so um, it may be, um, now's as good a time as any, uh, to talk about that. So, uh, in your present context in, in your church, um, is that how, uh, singing looks worship through singing looks, or, uh, do y'all have a, a fuller, um, band on Sunday mornings? We have a fuller band. Okay. Okay. So why do you choose then in a conference setting to do just the, the piano? Mark Dever is my master. <laughs> uh, okay. It's, you know, when we first started uh, T4G, when, when the guys first started T4G, um, there, there was a thought that we would have no music. Okay. Because there are people coming from so many different backgrounds, some from very conservative backgrounds, some from, from more, you know, uh, in terms of a musical style, more modern, band-oriented. And Mark didn't feel we could find anything that would be able to satisfy all those people. So CJ, my senior pastor and good friend, CJ Mahaney, um, appealed that we have music, and mm-hmm. I sent in my appeal as well. And Mark said, if you can find something that will satisfy Lee and Duncan and Al Moore, then we can have music. <laughs> I love it. And so, uh, so that was me. That was me on piano. <laughs> wow. You know, there's, there's something striking about the simplicity of it all. Yeah, uh, it, it is. Yeah. It's over. It, it, I was about to say overwhelming, but it's it's uh, it's magnificent. Um, well, it is overwhelming, isn't it? Because what you have, and I think there, 
it's not just I think a, you know that you have one instrument. I mean, you could have one instrument and it, you know, it, it'd be okay, it'd be good. I mean, well, let's let's face it. You get ten thousand people in a room singing. It's a pretty powerful experience. But I right. think combined with that, uh, there is the, the truths that we're singing. Mm. You know, it's not just a great sound. These are great realities. Yeah. And so that's always the case when we sing that, that you know, Colossians 3.16 says it's the word of Christ that's to dwell on us richly, mm. not yeah. musical experiences, not, you know, the moving sound of the synthesizer or the pounding sound of the drums. I mean, those will affect us, but that's not what's to dwell in us richly. It's right. the realities that, you know, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became a, a baby, mm. uh, you know, lived a perfect life, uh, suffered under the hands of the, those he created and endured the wrath of God in the place of you know, anyone who believes in him and then rose from the dead, you know, so that we could be justified before God. Forgiven right. of all our sins, so that we could know, you know, God is our Father, and look forward to spending eternity with Him. Those are truths that are moving, and they're exciting, and they're affecting. And so, I think stripping it down to just a piano, the voices, causes us to focus more on the realities. And you wouldn't be the first person yeah. who came to the teeth together with gospel, and thought. Um, man, it's just a piano. Oh, right. I'm not looking forward to this. And, and right, then they walk right. away going, wow, that was so powerful. And it's, mm. I think it's powerful because it's just easier to think about the one we're singing to and the one we're singing about. Amen. That's great. That's great. Thank, thank you so much. We just uh, shared the gospel, uh, and, and I'm grateful for that. How did the Lord bring you to himself? How did he save Bob Coughlin? Oh, it was such a work of mercy. <laughs> I was raised Catholic, and um, I had planned to become a priest. So in my ju freshman year of high school, I went to a Mary Knoll Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. But the seminary shut down at the end of that year due to lack of enrollment. So I went to public high school for the next three years. When I got to college, Temple University in Philadelphia in 1972, there was a guy from Campus Crusade, which is now Crew. Mm -hmm. who kept knocking on my door and saying, can I talk to you, Let's get together. And he just became obnoxious. And so finally I said, okay, sure, let's get together. And uh, he shared with me from Romans. He just said, do you think you're a sinner? And I said, yeah. Well, I said, that's what the Bible says. You know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And what do you think, God, you know, how are you going to get those sins taken care of? And I said, well, if I get to confession, I know they'll be taken care of. And, he said, well, let me, let me share your verse with you. You know, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. So God has to, you know, punish those who sin. But mm. the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And he gave me a pencil and he said, this is my gift to you. Did you do, do anything to earn that pencil? No. Did you do anything to deserve that pencil? No. Am I going to take that pencil back? No. That's what eternal life is like. And that's all I remember the conversation, really. But it was there at that moment I saw that when Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins, he paid for all of them, past, present, and future. All of them were in the future when he died. And that I could do nothing to add to his work, and my job was simply to turn from my sins and, and believe that his sacrifice fully paid for them. Wow. And that was the Holy Spirit that enabled me to do that. Uh, and I went away 
thinking, wow, if I missed that in the Bible, what else have I missed? Mm. So that, that began my, my journey as a Christian 46 years ago. Wow. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's Thank glorious you. how God saves anyone. Yeah, it really is. It truly is. So as far as music goes for you, have you always been musical? Have you played since you were a child or when did that come into the picture? Yeah, I started piano. I was playing piano when I was five or six, but then I started taking lessons when I was eight. Played it through high school, took lessons through high school, uh, and then majored in piano performance in college. Okay, great. Good deal. Well, and one thing, Bob, that I'm hoping is that this podcast is not just listened to and received by musicians. Um, I'm hoping that it um, helps both those who are musicians in the church and and also those who are in the congregation and anywhere in between. And so, um, so yeah, I did want to ask you some questions and, and hopefully these questions will not only apply to those who lead music in the church, but also those who sit and, or stand and sing. Yeah, um, well, that, that's a totally appropriate because worship isn't confined to musicians. It's right. what everybody does, and you know, only Christians worship the true God through Jesus yeah. Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody else worships something else. That's right. That's right. And oftentimes, I find myself worshiping other things. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know. Me too. And, and so that's where the repentance comes in and, and whatnot. But yeah. so I talked to you about some of these issues um, over email. And, and so the first thing I just wanted to talk about was how music is so incredibly powerful and, and it can often influence uh, as much as or more than other means of teaching. And so um, with that in mind, um, how do we raise a generation of believers who long for gospel centered music? And, and maybe before you answer that question, could you just explain the difference between gospel-centered music and, and maybe other songs that might be um, a, we might be asked to sing in the church? Mm. Well, yeah, we want to sing to God in the way He tells us to sing to Him, and uh, one of the directives we have have from Scripture is Colossians three sixteen: Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. It's the word of Christ that's to dwell in us richly. The word of Christ is a kind of shorthand for the gospel. It's the word about Christ. It's, this, it's the story of what God has done to redeem a people for himself, for his glory, uh, through sending a Savior who would be the, the second Adam, who would fully obey God's commands and then pay the debt uh, of all of us who hadn't obeyed his commands. That's, it's the good news. It's the gospel. So gospel-centered music is, is, or songs, are songs that, that, that explain that and that expound that and that respond to that. And so, you know, there are different ways of looking at it. Um, some would say, you know, a gospel-centered song is one that just talks about the fact that Jesus, the sinless Lamb of God, uh, the innocent one took the punishment for the guilty ones, took the wrath of God for them, took their, uh, you know, um, took what they deserved uh, to pay their debt and to live the life they could never live. So that, that's what it means, you know, for the righteousness of Christ to be imputed to us, to, to be, to, for us to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ so that God sees us once we've trusted in Christ as he sees his own son. We are co-heirs with Christ. That's an amazing thought. But it's a reality. It's a biblical reality. 
Um, so gospel-centered, one kind of gospel-centered song is, is a song that makes that very clear. But there are also songs that, that explain the reason why we need a Savior. Um, mm-hmm. You know, songs of confession. There are songs that talk about our response to the gospel. So, so for instance, um, you know, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross by Isaac Watts. Great, great hymn. One of the greatest in the English language. It never really tells you what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that he showed love, he died on the cross, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. In other words, it demands some kind of response. But it never really articulates what, what Jesus accomplished, like, uh, for instance, in right. Christ alone does. And on the cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very clear. It articulates right. substitutionary atonement. Jesus was our substitute. Right. So, you know, in a meeting, um, our songs have to point to what Christ is, who Christ is and what he's done. Every mm-hmm. song may not do exactly that, you know, to as full a degree as other songs might, but together they should enable the word of Christ to dwell in people richly. Mm-hmm. Now, songs that don't do that and don't attempt to do that and don't even think about it are songs that would be more focused on you know, our response to God. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, God, I love you. Jesus, I love you, you know. And they could even say stuff like, you know, you died for me. But we don't know from that statement exactly why he died. Did mm-hmm. he accomplish anything when he died? Right. 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 You know, those kinds of things. So our songs are theology. You know, yeah. they, they teach people about God, about ourselves, about our relationship with God, about the proper way to respond to God. So, you know, I think the best kinds of songs do that in a way that makes it clear Jesus is front and center and the heart of everything we do in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, and I think I read in one of your articles on your blog, and I'll link to that um, in the show notes, but um, you said it's not just enough that we not sing songs that have heresy, but that yeah, we sing I'll songs that teach that, truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's so good. Uh, teaching truth is, is so important. Uh, and it, it, it happens. So I, I believe firmly that we are taught um, in our songs. And so we, we tend to believe what we sing. Yep. Uh, and so um, it better be truthful what we're seeing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Believe wrongly. Yeah. We, and it's supposed to fill, fill things out. Some people see you know, the singing is just a response time where we tell God how much we love him and what we feel and what we're going to do and what we're doing. And the Psalms are, are different from that. God gives the Psalms as an example of, of what our, our singing and prayers are supposed to look like. And, uh, you know, in those, they're filled with God's works, worth, his works and his worthiness and um, his word. So his worthiness, his word and his works who he is, what he said, and what he's done. And, you know, that, that needs to fill our songs. Songs aren't just, this is how I feel. That, mm-hmm. That's part of the significance in Colossians 3 and Ephesians 5 of, you know, we're addressing one another in spiritual songs, and we're teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You know, if, I mean, the, the illustration I think of is if I were to tell you about my wife, Julie, um, whom I love with all my heart. And I used to say, oh, I love her so much. She's, 
just incredible. I mean, I just, she just, I flip over her. She's just in my world. She's my all. She's my everything. She's amazing. She's incredible. And I went on like that, which I could for quite some time. Um, if at the end of it, I said, how much do you know about my wife? You wouldn't know anything about my wife other than the fact that I love her a lot. Um, but if I was to say, you know, she's an amazing cook, she's an amazing hostess, has an incredible gift of hospitality. I can invite five people over to, to our house at the end of a meeting. She's ready for it. She's had a hundred people in our house and prepared for it just very calmly. She's beautiful. She's been an amazing counselor to me. She mm. loves our 18 grandchildren, like unbelievable. She's thoughtful. She's incredibly generous. She's a gift giver. You know, if I go on like that and she runs sound for our children, um, you know, then you say, oh, those are the details. Now I mm. see a little bit more of why you feel this way. Well, right. that's what songs are doing. Our songs are reminding in our songs, we're reminding each other of why God is so worthy of our affections and our attention and our mm. thoughts and our obedience. That's good. That's good. And so this, I think this is a discipleship issue, you know, getting the next generation excited about this. Is this something that happens explicitly? Like, uh, or are we just, um, I guess, in trying to think about how we get the next generation to think deeply about what they're singing um, what is the best way to do that? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's, it's a great question. I think it's both. I think it's explicit. You teach it and it's implicit. They pick up what you do. Mm. Um, and, the, you know, it's bad when those contradict. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, when you're teaching it, but you're singing songs that aren't that great. Mm. Or uh, when you're singing songs that are great, but you're not telling them why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I've been in contexts where, you know, they'll sing a great song that's really filled with truth and it's thoughtful. And then they'll follow it with a song that just kind of is ill-conceived and doesn't really say mm -hmm. much. And just kind of the music is great, but the words really aren't. And that says to me, okay, we're not being explicit enough about why we're singing the songs we're singing. Okay. So yeah. you've got to lead theologically. You've got to, you've got to tell people, the next generation especially, why you're doing what you're doing. So mm -hmm. I have six kids and two boys, and both of them, by God's grace, such a blessing, uh, are pastors and they're worship leaders, they're music leaders in their churches. Mm -hmm. And just came back from the, the Getty Sing Conference, and yeah. um, you know I got to lead with them, uh, mm -hmm. which is just a huge privilege. And I, you know, I could throw my two of my daughters in there, well, probably all four of my daughters in there, um, because they love to sing to the Lord. They they love to sing songs that that have content in them. And mm -hmm. part of that, Jason, has been, uh, you know, the fact that we sing those kinds of songs and they see the difference. So they, they yeah. experience it. Um, but also I tell them why. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, when I lead, I'm always telling people why we're singing the songs we're singing. And I'll be referencing yeah. something of what we're singing and yeah. say, that this is what this is telling us about, you know, our relationship with God, about Jesus. And, and so the more you do that, the more, People just start to pick up, oh, oh, our song should say something. Oh. That's good. Yeah. That's great. Very helpful. What? And so you just mentioned your children, and, uh, and I know you've also been influential uh, to a lot of others um, in helping them become better worshipers, better musicians. Um, how, same thought, but, uh, but with aimed at the musicians themselves. Like how do we raise a generation of musicians who are thinking this way? 
mm. um, about the importance of truth and song. Uh, get them loving Jesus and his word more than music. Mm. Um, I mean, that's a directive. You, you, you've got to model it yourself. Yeah. So I think all my kids would know that, that I love the Lord Jesus Christ more than I love music. Mm. And I love music a lot. Yeah. Not as much as Jesus. So we're doing a yeah. conference next year, the Worship God Conference. Um, and uh, the, the theme is the glorious Christ. Music is great. Jesus is greater. Mm. Um, great. So our kids have got to see that. And, and though we might listen to music all the time and love it, when it comes to the congregation singing, very particular yeah. about what kinds of songs we sing, why we're singing them. And we should go away with the idea that that has spoken to me. God has mm. spoken to me in that. Didn't just mm-hmm. make me feel good. It actually was good for me. That's great. Uh, so we, you know, we played a lot of music in our house as the kids were growing up. And um, we just talked about it. You know, we'll talk about songs that are being done. And I hopefully haven't caught any cynicism from their father. Try to not <laughs> heresy in this. Um, you know, because uh, there's no perfect song. I think some songs are better than others. But God uses songs that I maybe wouldn't even lead. Uh, to really affect people and to move them and to draw them closer to him. So, you know, we share it humbly, but we do talk a lot about you know, what songs do to you, the effect of certain songs. So I think that's, mm-hmm. there's got to be conversations growing up. Um, and plus, you know, like I said, a modeling of it and then the teaching of it. You know, this is, this is why, why we're concerned about the, the lyrics of the song. Please. Mm, that's so good. So good. Well, I want to talk a little bit about um, a little bit more about the content of our music. Uh, the great theologian Toby Keith had a song a few years ago. I want to talk about me, and uh, he. So um, I, I'm not a Toby Keith fan. I was just trying to be a little yeah, silly there. But um, so this issue of me centric music that uh, seems like um, fills uh, a lot of the. Uh, worship sets on Sunday yeah. morning. Uh, yeah. A lot of the songs seem to be focused as much as or more on me than on God. And so your thoughts on the the place for me in our music? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a tricky one because I don't think it can be discerned easily. Um, song, I think it's... Uh, Psalm 71, I think, has 57 references to I, me, or my. Mm. And uh, it's a wonderfully God-glorifying psalm. You know, Mm. um, oh God, from my youth you have taught me, uh, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim Mm. your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Um, You know, it's... it's, uh, the part of it is, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also will truth with you. My tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they have been put to shame and disappointed, who sought to be hurt. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very God-glorifying song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But all these references to how God relates to me and my situation. Um, uh, so, so, true. so it can't be just a simple counting of the pronouns. Right. Um, I think it's it's more who at the end of the song, who am I left thinking about? Mm. Um, and and let me use a, a, a popular ex- a example from a popular song right now, which I've just been wrestling through. It's a beautiful song. It's called it's a Hillsong song. It's um, I am who you say I am. Okay. 
and uh, you know, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who say I am. It's just all these biblical truths, and um, beautifully written. And that's one of those that, as I thought about teaching it, I, I've I've just had this little check of thought: is, is that where I want to leave people? Mm. You know, I am who you say I am. I am, who you say I am. Uh, and I think in the right context, it would it would just be great. You know, um, if you've just heard a message on. Um, yeah, what you know, what we, we trust what God says about us, not what the, our hearts tell us or or the world tells us, or you know, right. But I always want to follow that with, you know, in Christ alone, my hope is found. He mm-hmm. is my light, my strength, my song. Because, you know, the phrase that's used to describe Christians the most in the New Testament is not the word Christian. It's the fact that we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. We are united with Christ. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. A, there's a very popular song um, years ago that talked about, um, uh, you know, I belong to you. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a drawn from Romans 8, uh, 37 through 39. And, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's a truth, but the, the end of the verse is nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm-hmm. And while God loved us before Jesus you know, was born, that's why he sent Jesus, we cannot experience his love apart from the mediation of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's because we are in Christ that we know God's love. Amen. And yeah. so, so it you know, it's subtle. I'm just still haven't come down on whether or not I'm going to do that song. It's a beautiful song and I could listen to it personally and and know exactly what it means. And um, I don't, would even question the heart of those who wrote it. It was to remind Christians, this is who God says you are. But just Mm -hmm. in terms of thinking about how to pastor and shepherd my congregation, I want them left at the end, the end, you know, at the end of the songs, the end of the meeting, end of the day, I want them left with thoughts of how glorious Christ, Christ is, how glorious Jesus mm. is. God can say these things about me because I'm in Christ. Yeah. Amen. So, so for you personally, okay, that's so helpful. So for you personally, do you see a difference in the, in the Psalms? Like for instance, the one that you just mentioned yeah. and, and the, the songs that we sing today, like it, it is oh, there yeah. a difference? Yeah. In the me-centricity of them. Yeah, I shared a good example. I mean, uh, I Am You Say I Am, that's a, that's a solid song. Um, yeah. There are other songs that leave you more with the impression of, I'm pretty good. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, or, God, I don't know why you'd love me, but I must have been special for you to love me this much, or, or stuff like that. And, uh, you know, like, like God sent Jesus just because we were so worth it. Yeah. And yeah. that's just not, there just has to be a balance. There has to be a priority. You know, yeah. my worth comes, uh, Gettys and, and uh, Graham Kendrick have written a really great song, My Worth is Not in What I Own. Um, I Rejoice in My Redeemer. You know, it's mm-hmm. very clear. The chorus comes, I rejoice in my Redeemer. Um, he's the one. He's the one mm-hmm. who makes it all possible. So when songs don't ever reference that, yeah. Um, and songs are more, uh, based on ex- my experience of Jesus, 
Um, not totally bad, but if you're not thoughtful, if you're not watchful, if you're not thinking about it, it can quickly devolve into uh, that kind of Christianity is so great because God makes so much of me. I mean, John Piper said it wonderfully. Do you, do you love God because he makes much of you or because he frees you to make much of him forever? Right. And that's the balance. Right. You know, God does make yeah. much. He sent his son to die for us. He loves us like he loves his son. That's right. unbelievable. But his son, you know, rejoiced in his father. <laughs> he, he exalted in his father. He obeyed his father. And the son just had all his, his heart, mind, and soul directed to his father. And he loved obeying his father. So that's what, you know, being a Christian enables us to do. It frees Amen. us to do that. It shows us there's someone more worthy of being loved than we are. That's so good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, what about uh, as far as for you, do's and don'ts uh, in, in your own writing and, uh, and, and thinking is of, of music and, and new songs? Or do you have a formula or a pattern or uh, what, what goes through your mind first when you're sitting down to compose a new song? Yeah, there's surely no formula or pattern. I can okay. tell you that. Um, okay. I think any songwriter who's good would say that there is. Uh, because there's an element of inspiration, you know, Holy Spirit inspiration, that just, mm. uh, you don't know how it comes, when it comes, it just comes. And not because you think it does, but because other people say it does. Um, right. Uh, so, so there's that aspect. You know, I think at the end of, of the song, uh, I want people to have, you know, their hearts built up and want there to be a thankfulness because it said, Colossians 3 says, we're singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in our hearts to God. I, I want there to be something that enables people to be thankful, even in a lament song, mm. you know, um, some direction to God's mercies are, are new every morning. They're, they're, yeah. Even if you don't experience them right now, they are there. Yeah. So a hope, I want to sow faith. Um, and most of the times I'm, I'm asking, will they have a clear sighting of, of Jesus and his atoning death for us? Because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think a song has to have that, but I know there are plenty of songs written without that. So... Yeah we're trying in Sovereign Grace Music to uh, kind of counterbalance that. And praise God, there are more okay. than there used to be. There are more songs about, uh, you know, the, the work of Christ. I mean, Hillsong has written a great one, Man of Sorrows. Um, you know, now, my debt is paid, is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Whom the Son sets free, he is free indeed. And, you know, the sin of man and wrath of God... Uh, 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 we're laid on Jesus. That's not what it says, but exactly. But that's the thought behind right. it. And I thought, yes, right. yes. Right. Um, uh, so it's, it's increasing uh, in terms of the number of songwriters that are mindful of that. Um, yeah. But I think we'll see over time whether that's a fad or whether that's a commitment, you know, uh, because in heaven, they're worshiping the yeah. land was slain. Uh, they'll be doing it forever. So we better be excited. About Amen. That. Amen. So you mentioned uh, songs of lament. Do you feel like maybe there's a shortage of those in the church today? Yes, definitely. And let me define what I think songs of lament would be. 
they're not songs yeah. that just grovel in our misery. Okay. You know, you have one psalm in the 150 psalms that, that basically stays in a minor key the whole time. Um, mm. You know, there's some others that, that come close, but just aren't a ton. There are a lot that talk about persecution and, you know, angst over our sin and uh, people speaking behind our backs and God feeling distant and, and all those things. But uh, almost all of them come around to, but God, I trust in you. I mean, Psalm 13 is a great example. You know, how much longer will you forget me, O oh God? Uh, how, how much longer will you hide your face from me? Um, but then he gets to the end and he's saying, um, I don't remember exactly. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Amen. So I think we need more songs that, that in the midst of expressing hope and trust in God's character, specifically detail, I guess it's the same thing, specifically outline the types of trials that we go through. Um, we had a song on our last album, The Prayers of the Saints, called, O Lord, My Rock and My Redeemer, which yeah. wonderfully um, gives, gives those kinds of uh, expressions. So the second verse is, uh, O Lord, My Rock and My Redeemer, strong defender of my weary heart, my sword to fight the cruel deceiver, my shield against his hateful darts, my song when enemies surround me, my hope when tides of sorrow rise, my joy when trials are abounding. I mean, you're just getting like the whole gamut of like right. things that could be wrong with my life. But in the midst of them, as a counteractive, counter, counterbalance to them, we're declaring that Jesus is our defender, our sword, our shield, our song, our hope, our joy. That, those mm -hmm. are the kind of lament songs I think we need more of. Those kind of yeah. things. So good. So good. And I'm so glad that you mentioned uh, Praise of the Saints because I, I was going to mention it if you didn't. Um, <laughs> Thanks. That, that, yeah, that, uh, that album has blessed my family tremendously. Oh, wonderful. Um, it's incredible. And so just, uh, yeah, every emotion is expressed in it. And, that's, what uh, that's what we're trying to trying to explore a broader range of emotional response. Yeah. So good. So good. So I, I uh, hope that, uh, that y'all continue to put out um, albums like that. So, so edifying. And that's yeah, our aim. You know, our next yeah. one's going to be the glorious Christ. It's going to be a live album recorded next April. And uh, excellent. Okay. Yeah. We went through 180 songs to get the songs for the prayers of the saints. Wow. We'll probably go through close to that many for this, this album. You know, we're just wow. not very good songwriters. So we just <laughs> <laughs> write a lot. Whatever. Write a lot to uh, get a good one. <laughs> I don't think people realize how true that is for almost everyone. That mm. you know, it's not just like you write hit after hit after hit. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, songs that are really good. Right. No, you write a lot of crummy songs and then you have other people work with you on them and then that gets a little better and then you write, you know, another song and... You know, it's just a process, and eventually, hopefully, you end up with a song. You say, "No, that that's really good. That works." That's the that's the life changing process. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, look, Bob. Uh, any words of um, encouragement for 
Um, we've talked a lot about those leading music, but any words of encouragement for your average congregant who's yeah. going to find themselves uh, in church Sunday morning singing uh, thoughts? Yeah. Well, I wrote a book about it called True Worshippers, which is for people. And I'm going to link that this in enough. the show notes. If this yeah. isn't enough, you can go read the book. Um, yeah. <laughs> As as a when I'm a participant, you know, in a congregation, I am not I am not the critic. I'm not the uh, it's, I'm not supposed to be. Mm. You know, I, I'm not evaluating the leader. I am there to uh, proclaim the glories of my Savior, uh, heart, mm. heart, mind, and and will. And uh, you know, I think of David in Psalm 40. I just love this. I've told. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Mm -hmm. I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Mm -hmm. That's his commitment. Mm -hmm. So whether the songs are exactly what I want or not, I'm just going to look for ways to proclaim God's deliverance and you know, so if the songs are shallow, in my opinion, I'll fill things in. Um, you know, there have been some situations where I've just picked up my Bible and started reading my Bible as, as you know, a song's being sung. Because I want to use that time to, to give glory to the Lord and folks. Right. Um, but, th- but it's our responsibility to do everything we can to make Jesus look glorious Amen. as we're singing together. And so that'll do be... You ever find- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, that'll be through engagement and through participation. Great. Do you ever find yourself editing songs, uh, uh, not in a way that's obnoxious and and people can hear, hear you doing this, but if you're part of the congregation singing it to make it true, I mean, do you ever find yourself changing the lyric in your head or or even sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's an, I mean, it's an occasional thing, but yeah, I, I do. I just said, no, I can't quite say that, but I can say that. So. Right. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Very good. Well, look, look I, uh, eight years ago, I did not know who Bob Coughlin was, but today uh, I feel like I've got a, a better picture of who you are and, and your ministry over the last eight years has blessed me tremendously. And uh-huh. I'm so thankful for you and, uh, and the impact that you have uh, on the church uh, through your music. And so just want to encourage you to keep up the good work. Well, by God's grace, I plan to do it as long as he can, he gives me breath. And I'm just grateful that he's raising up many others, uh, you know, the, the Gettys especially, because uh, I just came mm-hmm. from that conference and just so aware, but many other voices that are, are seeking to use music in the church in a way that I think God intends and in a way that most encourages and edifies his people. It's not just about experience. There's definitely to be an experience when we sing, but it's an experience that's rooted in in the truths of God's word, how mm-hmm. He's revealed Himself to us, and then rooted in the ways He's He's uh, he, his, uh, He's given us to to give Him glory. So that's, that's it's great. an exciting day to be alive.